Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory, a teacher, friend, cat lover, plant mom, yoga enthusiast, and a princess, duh. Today, we're going to be talking about resiliency with one of my good friends, Carly, who I've pretty much known almost my entire life. Um, And she has some really great stuff to say and some good advice for when you're just kind of feeling down and having a hard time dealing with things. Um, So I'm excited for you guys to meet her. Let's get started. So hi, Carly. Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I love seeing your face because I don't know. It's been like years since I've seen you or even talked to you. Like we text every once in a while, but um yeah like in person I can't even remember the last time I saw you um and not because of COVID just because we are far away I wonder if it was like was it no it could have been Hannah's wedding wedding. that's what I was gonna get oh my god that's what (laughs) it like six years that's way too long we gotta fix that yeah oh Uh, my gosh um so for the audience uh Carly and I went to, I was going to say high school, but really we went to all of the schools <laughs> together. When you come from Wasaki, uh, yep. you go through kindergarten through 12th grade with the same people. So we've known each other for quite some time. Um, and today we are going to talk about resilience. So Carly, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself. Like, who are you and what do you want everyone to know about you? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Carly. And I think the first way that I introduce myself is um, I'm a school social worker in the Milwaukee area, in a suburb of Milwaukee. Um, And I do middle and high school kiddos, which I absolutely love. Um, The good and the bad times, it's all good there. Um, I think some of my passions besides social work is I coach softball at the high school and it's just a stress relief for me just to hang out with those girls every day after. And just be like, these are my people sort of thing. And we can just connect on that level. And I love being outdoors as much as I can. Um, I own some kayaks. I have a bike that I love to ride. Um, even just going for walks. It's just really um, rejuvenating after a long day to just do something like that. And just get some fresh air. And I plan on doing that even when, heaven forbid, it snows around here. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I forgot to add, Mallory, that don't forget that we were Girl Scouts together, which I think is amazing. <laughs> we were VIP Girl Girl Scouts because our moms were the leaders. Yeah, together, that's right. So. That's, yeah. <laughs> Best troop ever. Yep. Um, I also didn't know that you coached softball, but that's cool. Because yeah. yeah. you played softball, right? You played like all yes. the sports in high school. Yeah, um, softball was my passion out of the, the three right? Volleyball, basketball, and softball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was the one that I excelled at. And yeah, so I wanted That's to bring awesome. that. Um, okay. So resilience is the topic. Mm-hmm. That word is maybe new to some people or they heard it before in passing, but they don't really know what is resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, So I can imagine from your social worker background that you have a lot of conversations maybe about resilience. So can you give us kind of a rundown, just like what does it mean? 
Yeah, so I actually, that was a hard question for me to answer because resiliency can be um, different, like different for different people and the different situations that they've been in. Um, so when I did a little research, I went back to my um, trauma-informed care train through St. A's in Milwaukee and really wanted to look at their definition first and their definition um, of that they use for um, expressing what resiliency is, is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity. So are the challenges and the stressors that we experience in our lives. And they also throw in trauma, um, tragedy or threats, or just events in our lives that cause significant stress. And that, like I said, that could be different things for different people. Um, one could be a loss of a family member, a loss of housing, being homeless, um, anxiety of going to school every day or anxiety of going to their jobs every day. And just how do they build themselves up to get to that point so that they can carry on, essentially. So how do we face adversity in that way is how I would describe what resiliency is. Thank you. That was a very good explanation. Mine would have been like, uh, it's when you figure out how to deal with stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It's, a, it's a different word, like you said, that it's one of those like, I don't want to say scary words, but, or not trigger words either, but you think you hear the word and your ears perk up, you know, so. Yeah, because it does have that connection to like stress and trauma. Mm -hmm. So when you hear resilience, you think of like the negative parts that right. go along with it, maybe. Right. Um, so what can you share about um, like experiences that you've had about like, what kind of setbacks have you had where you've had to build that resiliency and like, how have you learned to deal with setbacks that come along? Sure. So that was a tough question for me to like really reflect on, but it was a good, it was a good question to ask. I think the first time that I had to really um, be resilient is the first time I moved away from home. And for a lot of people that might be going away to college, which I did. I went to UW-Stevens Point, my freshman and sophomore year and during that time I really got extremely homesick where I didn't know what to do I would go to class and everything and I would maintain but when it came to social things I was lost um because coming from you know a small town 500 and less you know everybody you're like a little family um to going to a big university or, uh, and not knowing anybody and being put in a room with a, or selected to go with a random roommate, it's intimidating. And I just would, I would cry at nights. Like I would be alone in my room as my roommate was out, like going to class. And I would just sit there and I would want, I'd call home all the time. I would go home on weekends. And it was just really hard to adjust with that because it's just something that I didn't, um, experienced before. So I think that was the biggest stress in my first big stress that I realized in my life was doing that. And what I found from that experience is um, finding people that support you because like, you know, I, I grew up in a very faith-based home um, where you pray about things, you talk to people that you trust most. 
And I'm so grateful that I was able to find a, an on-campus church group to be a part of and feel like a purpose, to feel like I have a place and I feel like I have a reason to be there. And I think having that support system helped me through that difficult time because I can tell you, I went from wanting to transfer home, which I did do the paperwork to go to the local two-year university. And then something just switched and I said, no, I'm going to give it a shot. I always have a semester to come home. And eventually I stayed for two years before transferring to UW-Green Bay for my major. So that was the first time that I experienced that. So that's interesting to me because I had like a very, very similar experience. Um, And, you know, it is, especially growing up in a small town, like, when you go to school with the same 40 kids for 12 years or 18 yeah. years or I mean we knew each other even before like like our families all know each other everybody knows each other there's such yeah. a sense and of like community from school with each other so it's like yeah they go, yeah, yeah. you you go to school and your teachers are like oh I have your dad in class like everybody Good. knows everybody yeah so when you've never like had to experience you know in like bigger cities they will go to an elementary school and then a different middle school and then a different mm-hmm. high school and they're they have more experience kind of changing and meeting new people and being in different settings when you don't have that and then you move away um it is like it can be incredibly stressful yeah. and I definitely had nights where I just like sat in my dorm room like being by myself like because I was too afraid to go to the cafeteria all alone and um yeah so that is and then I also uh the reason I ended up staying at the school I did was because I found a church on campus and like made friends there and they were like my support system for the entire four years that I was there Mm -hmm. so that's uh yeah I didn't realize that you had such a parallel (laughs) experience but I wonder how often that happens with Wasaki graduates especially and you know people changing all the time and I would agree and one thing that I learned too even in the social work role is it's okay to be vulnerable and to share the experiences that you've had because that helps build connections with others to be able to share like no way I thought I was the only one I guess I'm not so that helps like to talk about things can also help with that resiliency piece too it's finding that keyword support system of who's going to build you up rather than bring you down. So can I ask you a question? Sure. I don't know if I'm going to leave this in here. This might end up being cut out afterwards, but I've read in a couple different um, books recently, like maybe within the last year, I've read stuff about like bonding over trauma, like how you're not supposed to like, you know, like, be fixated on like oh we've had this similar experience blah 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 um but I also see like you just said like the connection part of it like oh I thought I was the only one so where's like the balance between those two things in your opinion my opinion I think it's the person has to be ready to want to share and sometimes people will never get to that point um and if you're really struggling with that maybe seeking out a, a therapist or a community counselor to help you through those things. Um, and just, I think just letting people know 
whether because I it's just interesting because I, I believe that everyone has experienced some level of trauma in their lives, some more uh, significant than others when you look at the ACE study versus like me moving away to college, right? Um, big difference, but still similar. We all experience things differently with that piece. And I think just being ready to share in your own time and let people know that whatever you want to share, I'm here to listen and not be judgmental is the biggest thing that you can do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and you also mentioned the ACE study. Um, so any, I think any educators that are listening would know what that means. And it's also um, kind of difficult sometimes, I think, to discuss those kinds of things with yeah. students. Um, at one of the schools that I taught at, they're actually like, they use it as like part of the curriculum for one of their classes, to, like go through and see like, because part of the ACEs like assessment is like the resiliency portion, mm -hmm. right? There's like, these are like the traumas that you've experienced, but these are like the good things that are like countering that. Right. Um, so can you just explain um, just like a blanket kind of sentence about like what is the ACE study? Sure, so the ACE study, ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And it was a, um, a study done out of the Kaiser Permanente um, in San Diego, California. Um, and they studied people on weight loss, actually. That's how it started. And they started with looking at um, the effects of how people lose weight and why they gain it back. So then, I'm not so homeless, but um, some, the doctors then looked at like, what were the common experiences that these people had? And disclaimer, it was a lot of uh, white, middle-class folks that were experiencing this. So then from there, they developed 10 questions. And a couple of them are uh, early death of a parent or incarceration of a parent. Were you homeless? Things like that. And they judged, like, and they looked at that and how those experiences could, like, impact your health future, further on. So in theory, the higher, the lower the ACE study, like the, the better you're, you're not, not the better your life's supposed to be, but the healthier you are, the, the longer you're supposed to live, like with life expectancy. But because you have a higher ACE study, it doesn't mean you're going to pass away early. It just shows that you, we, we need to put in some resiliency factors here and we need to, how do we, what made you the person you are to overcome those things. And it's like actually really insane when you look at the numbers yeah. and how that those tra like traum traumatic experiences affect like your life expectancy and like mm -hmm. all these other diseases that you are like more likely to get just because when you were a kid, something that yeah. doesn't even seem connected, like it's right. crazy. And something we tell our educators, our teachers as a student service team is that use the ACE study as a guide. It's not meant to be a survey. You're not supposed to hand it out to kiddos, fill them out. That could be traumatic in itself. Um, but just thinking about the kid's background and what you know and how that could impact the, their learning in the school setting and what strategies can I put in to help that student um, build that resiliency factors um, while they're with you. 
And I think that's a good point to make too, is like, uh, just keeping it like in the back of your mind and thinking about like, how is this affecting, you know, not even the child, but this human being in front of me, because I think a lot of times there's like the, uh, I hear a lot like, oh, they're playing the victim card. Like, yeah, your life sucks, but learn how to get over it. But there's like more to it than what we like, see. That's kind of uh, the old phrase, tie on your, um, play yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Like I overcame it so you can overcome it too. Why are you making this a big deal rather than you experience something traumatic? How can we work together to build you up, to get you back to where you were and even better? That growth mindset piece, I like to say. Yes. I like this. You use the right teacher words. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so how has um, being like resilient or like learning to be resilient, like for example, when you went to um, college and had to kind of learn how to adjust, how has that affected like who you are now as a person? <laughs> I think what I learned from that experience, and I'm sure I had others in my life since then, but I think that's the biggest one that sticks out to me, um, is it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to not be okay and recognizing that with yourself. Um, and I think that's huge in the mental health world too. Like it's okay to not be okay. So what are we going to do to help you be better? You know, um, and I think the biggest thing that also that I've learned from that experience and just being a social worker too, is the importance of support systems, because we know that sometimes our kiddos don't have the supports at home, um, or they have an absent parent or an absent parent could be like, they're working a lot to, um, support the family or they're homeless or they're in transition, they're in foster care, whatever it is but who is that kids or who are, what's my support team to help me through those difficult challenges. And I think thinking back that church group that I found was that support system outside of my family, because we all could go there and yeah, we were connecting around faith things, but we would do things outside of that. Um, we would hang out, we would do, go on trips, things like just whatever. And they were never, they were always kind and they were never judgmental. And I think that's huge too, is going in and talking to people that you don't even know with a non-judgmental attitude, because I, I, I'm a firm believer that you don't know what someone's going through unless they tell you. So being the, the best and kind person that you can to them is the best that you can do for them. Cause then you, cause you don't really know. Um, so Let's see if I can word this question correctly. I'm thinking like right now, especially with like all the COVID stuff and Delta and all of the things that are flying um, in the news recently, there's a lot of like unknowingness mm-hmm. in the world. So how can people like build that resiliency? Like in anticipation of something bad or are you not supposed to like anticipate something bad? Like how can I make sure that if something bad happens that I have like my tool box ready? I love that you use the term toolbox because I use it all the time with my middle and high schoolers. Um, and I work with them all the time on sharpening their toolbox or adding something to it. So I love that you use that. 
So I think to best prepare yourself is again, just knowing who your support systems are, keep practicing those tools that you built already for that toolbox um, and acknowledging how you're feeling in the moment. Um, there's days where I'm stressed and I have anxiety um, speaking in front of my, my staff on things that I, I'm not an expert in trauma-sensitive schools or trauma care, um, but part of my role is to keep educating myself, to educate others. Um, and I think, figuring out the question, that, that's just the most important thing is what you could, that's what I've done for myself is just keep practicing the skills, whether it's the deep breathing, um, reminding myself that it's okay to not be okay. You're going to struggle. Um, life is hard. <laughs> uh, but then just celebrating the little victories too. Okay. There's a couple of things that you said that I love. First of all, uh, you said it before the, that it's okay to not be okay. But then you also said um, just like acknowledging the way that you're feeling. I don't remember if that's how you worded it, but that's yeah. how I interpreted it. Yeah. Um, and those two go like hand in hand because I think it's normal for us to like, we start feeling anxious or we start feeling stressed out and we're like, uh, no, I don't have time for that. Like you just like push it away and pretend like everything's fine. And that makes it worse. Like be like taking a couple seconds to be like, I'm really stressed out right now. Like I need to breathe. Like right. it and I think makes putting, such a difference. And I think playing a name, the emotion is a big thing too. And yeah, just acknowledging a lot because in society, people are seeing writing quotes to be perfect. Like everybody wants to be perfect when really there's no definition of perfection and no one's ever going to be perfect. Um, and just acknowledging those good and bad moments. Yeah. And I, that's something that I need to do more of as well and self-reflection um, because there's these days where I just want to... <laughs> forget the world and just want to be left alone. And just, again, like you said, it's okay to not be okay. And in the moments we're doing the best that we can with that. And, our, and, I, think, and I go back to my kids, when kids come into my office or I want to talk with them and they're all heightened, I go back to, it's okay to not be okay. And kids are doing the, kids do well if they can. So we give them the tools and teach them the tools Kids don't want to fail us. Nobody wants to fail. We don't want to fail our employer. We don't want to fail our friends. Um, but just, again, it's okay and I'd be okay. And we're doing the best that we can. And I like um, that, like, piece of reminding kids, like, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay, like, it's nice to hear, like, if you're not doing okay, I think that's nice for someone to remind you, like, let it out like yeah. you need like you said support system you need someone to say hey like, you're, you're not, not okay, okay. Yeah. and that is like okay like I can see it I know that feeling uh yeah so I think that's a really important piece and with you saying that you know that feeling that's showing them empathy too like you're getting in touch with an experience that you had to be able to emphasize with them that what you're feeling right now is validated. You're not crazy. It's validation. And that could be the, the biggest turning point for that person is to say, yeah, you see me, I'm stressed. 
thank you for saying that. Thank you for acknowledging that. What can we do to get, what can we do together to make it better? And I think too earlier, you mentioned like being vulnerable and that's like part of it, right? Is to say, I've had that feeling before. It's like to admit that. Um, I think that's something, especially when you're working with students, that's like the, for me as a teacher, that's the most important thing is like, I'm not going to pretend like everything's fine when we're all walking around with masks on our face. Like clearly this is not fine. Let's talk about it. Somebody. Right. We, we both don't like it, but what are we going to do to get through it together? Right. And the, you know, like kids complain about it all the time. They're like, I hate this thing. It's so hot. I can't breathe. And I'm like, trust me, I hate it too. I hate it just <laughs> as much as you do. I, I, yes, like I know. <laughs> so it is, especially like in the case of masks, like, we're literally, you can visually see we're going through it together. Like, yeah. You know, you're not alone. We all right. hate it. We're all not okay. <laughs> um, so what advice, uh, you said that you have middle schoolers and high schoolers. What advice would you or do you give to them about being resilient? It's hard. Um, would be like, it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to acknowledge when something's not okay, whether that's at home or in school. And it's hard, and it can, or it can be hard to build relationships, to find that support system. But once you do, and you have that person you can trust, or it could be one person, it could be two, it could be your teacher, it could be your school counselor, or your social worker, or your school psych, whoever you have, it could be your basketball coach. It could be the bus driver. I don't know. But finding that person to connect with, to be able to lean on when in the times that are hard, I think is the biggest advice that I can give. And those people can change too. And the biggest people or the biggest, the more people that you can have, the better. You know? um, I truly believe that we're all in this as a village together. <laughs> Um, and nobody, and as humans, we're built for connection. We want that connection because that's how we thrive. And again, I, I go back to, it's, it's important to acknowledge when things are tough and it's important to acknowledge when things are the best parts of our lives and celebrating those little victories. Um, and I think the, I think if I could give a phrase to take away from this is, yeah, it's okay to not be okay. And if we find those people, we can thrive and use, and if we use the skills that we've learned, we can, we can be better. We can get better. And I think too, once we find those people that are like, we trust and we know that they're going to support us, it's easier to admit when we're not okay. Yeah. hundred percent agree. We have that trust built. Yeah. Right. I think about talking to my fiance and calling my mom and being like, today sucks. Or today that didn't go as well as I thought. Or even a, finding a coworker um, to be like, can I can I vent to you for five minutes? That's all that I need. Um, and just expressing those feelings. And then, like I said, it's okay and I'd be okay. And acknowledging how you're feeling in the moment, it's, it's important. So I also, um, at least as an adult in the school, it's easy to get caught up like when you're venting and then it like snowballs into like this huge like trash talking session. Oh, um, but you said like 
can I vent to you for five minutes? I think that's important to like realize, like, I need to get these emotions out, but then we're not going to like dwell on it too long. We're going to put an end to it. And then we're going to try to solve it and figure out like, how can we get to an okay place? Right. Right. Yeah. And that can be hard too. Life is hard. And I think, again, I think as people, we want to be, everybody wants to be the best version of themselves, whether they know it or not. And when we feel vulnerable and when we put ourselves out there, it's uncomfortable and that's okay to be uncomfortable. And that's something that I personally have to work at is having tough conversations and being uncomfortable in new situations. I've also used the phrase like being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's Um, a big one. (laughs) Because yeah, I hate it, <laughs> but I know that you, it's like, it. <laughs> you have to do it, but it sucks sometimes. Um, yeah, I like think back, just this conversation makes me think back of like when I was in school and like the person that I am now versus then. It's like, well, one, we didn't have like much reason to like try to build resilience. I mean, for right. the most part, like we grew up pretty sheltered and taken care mm-hmm. of and whatever. We were we were in protective environments where things were stable and they were predictable. So we didn't right. have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um I don't know. I just I've learned a lot and I wish that like some of the kids that I interact with, like it's hard to not be able to be like, look at what I know now. <laughs> I promise you'll get there. Yeah gonna take some time but when you're like stuck in that like bad place it's hard yeah. to see it's a journey. outside of it yeah a journey yeah. it takes time um so I think we're coming to the end of our time do you have any like final comments or anything else you'd like to add if we didn't get to it no I think I think we covered a lot of stuff in this what 30 minutes and I think it's pretty we good did. I think it's to digest maybe for some people but I think yeah I keep I feel like a broken record that it's saying like it's okay to not be okay resilience we all face adversity in our lives in some way shape or form um but finding our people to rally around us and to connect with is the best that we can do and we do we're humans and we want to connect and we're doing the best that we can um, in the good and the bad days. I think it's okay to repeat that phrase because it's like a good phrase and it's important. And um, that's one that I have in my office. I have two of my offices. I have a sign that says, it's okay to not be okay. And it serves myself as a reminder. I've had staff come into my office and be like, that phrase really hit home. That's, Yeah. I'm not okay right now. So what can I do for myself to make it better? I'm literally going to go put that phrase up in my classroom tomorrow. <laughs> I have, I I have more, I have more of them if you want them. So yeah. phrases. <laughs> kids, right? Um, so I love them. Fun. They're great. Thank you. I seriously appreciate you taking time, especially during a school week. And like one of the, oh. like the first, four days of class or something like but I know how hectic it is at school yeah um so I appreciate you taking 
some time out for me. Yeah, no worries. I love doing this. This This was actually one of my strange like bucket list item so when I got your yes I will do it for sure (laughs) I'm famous so yes me out to the interweb world or whatever it is the podcast One more big thank you to Carly. Um, For those of you who don't work in a school, the first week or two of classes can be completely hectic and crazy and busy. So the fact that she was able to take time out um, during that craziness, I really appreciate that. And thank you as always to the listeners for sticking through with me. And thank you to my very first Patreon um Hector and I think those are that's all the thank yous you know it's like one of those award ceremonies where you're like I have to say thank you to this person and this person now I have all these people I have to list off anyways um just a reminder that I do have a patreon it's www.patreon.com slash princess power and I have an email princesspowerpodcast at gmail.com I want to hear from you I want to know what kind of topics you want covered. Who do you want to hear from? Let me know. Um, I think that is everything I have to share. This is like the second episode in a row that was on time. So I hope you're all proud of me because normally I'm really bad at getting this out on time. Have a great uh, week or two weeks, whatever. I'll see you in two weeks and we'll we'll chat then. Bye.